Rebel HR listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This week, we have a continuation of the conversation we had with Patricia Karam around human design. Now, I'm going to warn you, this is a little bit out there, but that's what we're all about here at Rebel HR. So I encourage you to keep an open mind and enjoy the continuation of our discussion around human design. Rebel HR listeners, we are super excited. Just wrapped a great conversation with Patricia Karam and had a wonderful conversation about human design. But one person that she just kept mentioning the entire time is Kasha. You need to talk to Kasha. So we have a treat today. We have Kasha with us. So Kasha Jakar Sazian is a HR leader, more of a decade of experience building and scaling teams in the retail and hospitality industry. Uh, near and dear to my heart, I started in retail, so I'm sure we can uh, swap war stories there. Uh, most recently, her focus has been on team development and workplace culture. Uh, she helps to manage the principles of human design, and she has partnered with corporate leaders and entrepreneurs nationwide. And we're going to be digging in to human design and some of the inner workings today. So thank you so much, Kasha, for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm super excited. And uh, before we hit record, we were talking about it, but had a wonderful conversation with Patricia and she just kept dropping your name. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I got to talk to Kasha. <laughs> so thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk to me. Oh yeah. I'm so excited uh, to be here and, and to talk and spread the word about human design and how it can be so impactful in the workplace and um, as an individual and even on a team level. It's a game changer. So ask away any of the questions that you may have. <laughs> All right, perfect. So, and some of this is going to be a little bit selfish because I'm I'm staring at my individual blueprint right now. So I might ask some specific questions there, but I think the first question is human design is at least in the context of the assessment, it's it's kind of a different version of a profile that can be leveraged for business use. And so we're all familiar with DISC and Myers-Briggs and Strength Finder and, you know, whatever flavor of the week assessment is out there. But this one is totally different than any that I've seen. So how does this interplay with some of those assessments? Uh, great question. I think what I love most about human design is that it is a completely objective archetypal system. And so rather or unlike, let's say, completing a DISC or a Myers-Briggs assessment, where you may be, you know, you're trying to honestly answer the questions, but somewhere in the back of the mind, you're asking, well, how do I answer this in a way that I want people to perceive me? Or how do I answer this in a way that I want my employers to see me, right? Because at the end of the day, we have this sort of like uh, desire to be successful and be seen as a certain way. And we don't want the way that we answer, let's say, a survey to then inhibit a potential for promotion or being seen anything you know, in any other way. So what human design does is uh, essentially helps you radically accept who you are in your highest potential at the highest sort of energetic degree. <laughs> and where this comes into play, I mean, they were only really using your birth time and your birthday and where you were born to determine your entire personality type. And we call it the human design experiment as well, like for a reason, because it's not intended to be super dogmatic, where you're just this label forever. You are meant to kind of play around in the space and, and work with what you learn in your human design profile and your human design analysis to then 
see how that really improves your life and what happens when you follow your strategy or your authority. How do the how do the possibilities of the world open up to you? And how does that then shape and form your team and the environment around you? Yeah, so very interesting. Yeah, there's no way to there's no way to fake the test. <laughs> no. No, there really isn't. <laughs> yeah, so with that in mind, where does the kind of the tenets of this approach come from? What's the source for for human design? Sure. So it was channel it was channeled in uh, 1987 i believe um, by a man named ra uru and it uses the principles of it blends essentially like eastern and western principles so we're talking about things like astrology and the chinese i ching and the kabbalah and the chakra system what it also uses is quantum physics of the planetary system as well so there is a lot of science still backing this up. And when you look at your chart, um, which you can probably see, like you've got various different colors and shapes <laughs> and symbols <laughs> on the side, and each of those blend and lend to ultimately revealing what your your body graph is. And that's what we that's what we call it in human design. Your your human design body graph is what helps us understand our type and our authority and our strategy. And when we look at that, we understand how we're designed to make decisions, how we're designed to communicate, how, where our natural strengths lie, what our gifts are, and how to overcome any barriers that might also be occurring in our chart. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's it's fascinating. Quantum physics, wow, that's uh, that that's going to jump right over my head. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, the you know, I think the thing that was really interesting for me, I'll be honest. So I took I sent you the, you know, the biographical information and uh and I actually knew the birth like minute. Um so I felt like okay, I'm probably yeah. I'm going to do really well on this test, right? Like, you know, so I was even in that in that paradigm of thinking what's the right answer <laughs> when I was doing this when mm -hmm. I was doing this assessment, but it it what was interesting is the the blueprint that came back i'm like oh yeah that's yeah that's totally me or at least me as i am naturally maybe not me as i am you know in my public persona as host of the rebel hr podcast or as vice president of human resources for a, you know international manufacturing firm just like right. kyle <laughs> so i was curious you know how how different are these types you know is it is it like you could fit into a lot of different buckets or are there a lot are, are there a lot of really distinctive differences between individuals based upon this demographic information such a good question um it, the the answer can be layered so another beautiful thing about human design is that there are four main types so there are four main archetypes um that exist we've got generators projectors reflectors and manifestors and there is a subtype of generators called manifesting generators, which I do believe is what you are. I'm just looking really quickly. Yeah, you are. And I'm as well. <laughs> and, there you go. Is um, that why we get along? <laughs> could be. It could be one of the main things. We want to plug into each other. When you when you start to learn more about your aura and how it works energetically, like we are um, attracted to not necessarily the same type, but in the areas where I may be 
reaching, you may have the other side of the magnet. So yes, as I was saying, there are four main types, one main subtype being the manifesting generator. And within each type, we have different ways of uh, engaging with the world. And that's what we use. That's what we call our strategy and our authority in human design. So our strategy is how we engage with the world and our authority is um, how we make decisions. And so each type has a different, has again, like we just kind of flow down and has different ways of engaging that way. And when you learn about this with your team, you start to understand, okay, well, Kyle, you know, he's a manifesting generator. His strategy is to respond, inform, and act, and his authority is emotional. Whereas, you know, someone else on your team may be a projector and their strategy is to wait for the, wait for the invitation. And their authority may also be emotional, which is great. So at least you've got some overlap there. And digging in a little bit further, the difference between someone who's waiting to respond like you um, means that you're responding to your environment. You're not necessarily initiating into action. Sometimes you're ready for it, right? You have that manifesting energy where you're able to initiate and manifest and bring to life your ideas. But that really comes from an internal response to something that you're witnessing in your environment that you're feeling called to change. Whereas a projector, as I mentioned, is waiting for the invitation. So what ends up happening is you would end up inviting them along (laughs) with you. If they were to initiate or if they were to respond to something in their environment without that invitation, it may just fall flat. A good example of this is I have someone on my team who's constantly coming up with these amazing ideas but I haven't really set the tone for them to share that. And so you end up in this place where you have this person who thinks they're contributing to your team, but you're like, ah, I don't, I'm not really interested. Like I, I want to be interested in what you're saying, but right now I actually need you to focus on something different. So as a manager, you become a little bit more attuned to how people engage at work and you start to initiate those cues a little bit more um, strategically. And that, that ends up opening up a lot of, uh, like fluency with your team and consistency with your team. And you end up reducing a lot of the judgment and, um, any sort of tension that you may feel when you're just not ready for something or someone's going out of their way and thinking that they're being a team player and thinking that, you know, they're being proactive and doing all the things that, you know, sort of, as we've talked about in this old paradigm way of work and success, we're not really looking for anymore. (laughs) So those are sort of some of the nuances for how they all work together. And now a word from our sponsors. When Molly, Patrick, and I started to figure out how to start our own podcast, we didn't know where to start. Thankfully, we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it super easy for us to upload our episodes, track our listeners, and get listed on all the major podcast networks. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. I know that you're one of our listeners, so you've definitely got something to say. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partner. 
and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. And now, for listeners of Rebel HR, you can get a $20 Amazon gift card sent to you from Buzzsprout by clicking in the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Are you looking to grow your personal brand or your business brand? Take it from me that podcasts are a great way to do it. Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to the brands that we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your personal story on a podcast? I have had great success with Kitcaster. Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. And let me tell you, it's all about the right human connection. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. For a limited time offer, listeners to the Rebel HR podcast can go to www.kitcaster.com backslash rebel to get a special offer for friends of the podcast. Rebel on. Interesting. So, you know, from my background, so I'm thinking about this in terms of you know, like patterns or, you know, personality types, uh, which is kind of the, you know, the typical approach. And it, and it sounds, it sounds relatively similar as it relates to kind of a team dynamic, but yeah. it's really funny. You know, I, I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about, you know, reacting to like stimuli in my environment. I'm like, yeah, that's totally, that's absolutely how I make decisions and move things forward is it's like, a it's like not offense, it's like aggressive defense. <laughs> like that's how I would describe my, that's how I would describe my style, which is why I think I enjoy HR because that's basically what our job is sometimes is like, you don't know what's oh coming in the door, but you just got to figure out, okay, that, you know, what play are we calling here? Cause this is not what we expected to happen today. <laughs> oh my goodness, for sure. There's certainly a balance between um, being proactive and being reactive, right? Especially as HR leaders, we're trying to again, not be so defensive all the time. So it is like a proactive, <laughs> offensive, uh, yeah, situation that we find ourselves in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so okay, and it, really interesting. And then I know we're not going to have time to dive into this, but as I look at this individual blueprint, there's this, just for our, our listeners' sake, so there's like this, it's like a picture of a, like a silhouette of a person. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like there's like this, almost like this robot thing with like triangles and squares and numbers and there and there's all these lines that connect everything and all these different colors and then there's these really kind of like cool looking symbols that have all these numbers and I'm sure that has something to do with quantum physics and like I said way <laughs> way over my head there so so how does this work uh, let's just start there <laughs> I love it um okay so so how did so how does this work? Essentially, what you're looking at when you're looking at your body graph are um, energetic centers, which are based off of the chakra system. Okay. So each picture of a symbol <laughs> uh, looks like, or each shape. Sorry, I was looking for that word. Uh, each shape represents a different energetic channel. So essentially, if you're looking at, let's say, the top triangle of your chart, um, that is where we receive all of our ideas and insights and our intuition. And when, and when it's colored in or not colored in, it essentially means 
if we have consistent or inconsistent access to that specific energy, energy center. Mm. So on your own, Kyle, you don't necessarily have consistent access, but what you do have is the gift of being able to absorb everything that's around you and then decide for yourself what ideas you want to act upon hmm. and what intuition, what intuitive hits or what gut feelings you've received that you actually feel like you can respond to. It can also be really overwhelming because let's say you go into a meeting and everyone's ideas are just being, you know, funneled at you and you kind of leave that meeting and you're just like, what has happened? I don't even remember my ideas that I walked in with. I don't really understand what I'm walking out with. Uh, what's going on here? So the key with these open centers is to take the time to clean it out and <laughs> to clean it out, to get quiet and to really eat whatever your practice is, whether you meditate, whether you exercise, whether you journal, um, find ways to really clear that, that sort of specific field. Huh? That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that that's why I just, that, yeah, that's why I just did an Ironman <laughs> last weekend <laughs> to get the, to clear the space out of my head. And I, and I, I kid you not, I literally on the entire car ride up, um, all I could think about was one specific work problem, a pretty hairy problem, a lot of ideas, uh, and thoughts. And, you know, I'm just kind of, I was kind of working it out and I didn't really like I needed time to reflect. And then when I left, <laughs> when I, uh, when I wrapped the race, which was, which was awful, but it's over and I finished. So that's all that matters. But it, it was, I, I had clarity. I did, you know, so, so that, yeah, that really resonated. That's really, okay. That's really fascinating. Right on. Um, and then you go into your centers that are colored or defined. And that is something that you have consistent access to all the time. So as an example, in your chart, you've got a defined throat. <laughs> Does that mean uh, I talk a lot? It, it, well, it means that you don't necessarily have trouble articulating and communicating your ideas. And your ideas may be funneled through your emotional channel, which is also um, which is all, your solar plexus, which is also defined for you. So for you, what really fuels your desire to talk is something that's happening to you or you've experienced on an emotional level. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's... Um, emotional in the way that we may understand as HR is like erratic behavior and what have you. It's more, <laughs> it's more <laughs> of like, you have that consistent, like, let me just take a second to absorb what's going on around me. And then I'll be able to articulate my thoughts and feelings about, you know, whatever the subject matter is. And when we, we have a defined center, when there is a channel, so you sort of see in your chart, you've got some channels with the numbers on them. And what determines that are where the planets were when you were born. <laughs> hmm. So we bring in like the principles of astrology. Right. And there are two sides to human design. We've got our personality and we've got our design design. And so three months before you are born, there is an element of your your design being created, whether it's your a soul imprint or whatever it is that you want to sort of believe in, there is like, uh, that's how that is calculated. So three months prior to the exact moment you were born, this was what your, this is what's sort of dictated as your design. 
And that is an unconscious energy for us. So that's something that we're here to discover. And that's not something that maybe likely for the first almost 30 years of our lives, we had no real understanding of until someone said that to us. Hey, did you know that sometimes you are whatever? And you're like, oh my God, yeah, I am. Or you read your human design and you're just like, wow, yeah, this is totally me. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't really know that it was me or I judged myself for, for this part. I think, um, for people who have an emotional authority, um, for us, we are here really meant to explore our, our feelings and not make decisions so in the moment because when we do, we often wake up the next day and we're like, why did we commit to this? We don't want to mm-hmm. actually do this. <laughs> but we live in a society where everything is on demand and everything needs to be you know, committed to almost Im- immediately, right? And so there's a deconditioning aspect here. That until we're like, okay, actually, yeah, let me take that moment before I make a decision. Let me sleep on it. Um, Let me sleep on it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then you make that decision a lot more confidently. Really in the, you know, there is no truth in the now for a lot of emotional authorities. So uh, that can also then help us understand how to utilize our energy in a more conscious way. But that for a really long time may not have been conscious to us at all, whether it's conditioning from our parents or schooling or even ourselves. We can be extremely hard on ourselves. Absolutely. Interesting. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm reflecting on, well, like you said, you know, you can get overwhelming because I have so many questions popping in my head right now. (laughs) So I, I'm curious, you know, the, um, I, I'm sure for some of our listeners are like, oh, the, you know, the horoscopes and, and, and this, but this, to me, this seems, this seems much deeper. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I've heard the term chi before and we introduce or we interviewed a, a, a gal uh, named Sam Smeltzer who does energy healing and she's an HR practitioner. So she focuses on like, you know, protecting yourself from negative energy at work and, you know, and, and some yeah. of those things. And, um, so I, I tend to be a little bit skeptical of it, but I've, I have had situations in my past where, you know, it, I don't know if you'd call it spiritual or religious, but where, you know, I, I do feel like, okay, the universe is telling me something here, you know, or there's, there's something here that I need to explore. Like I get the goosebumps on the back of my neck that I need to, I need to go find out why, you know, those kinds of things. And so I don't know. It's just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it from my perspective. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I think there's certainly, I think, I mean, I've been studying this for about five years now. And I think when I introduced this to my team, I had some people on my team who were really, yeah, okay. And, you know, immediately sent me their information. And I had other people on my team who were like, mm, I don't know. And I've certainly read for teams as well, where it's, it is, uh, there really is a polarity in, in acceptance and that's okay. As I mentioned earlier, like it's not meant to be dogmatic. It's not meant to be like a one size fits all approach. And so even if you were to give someone a reading and they understood, okay, you know what? Yeah. Maybe I'm not meant to make decisions in the moment. And now my, now when I feel that pressure, I know that it's okay for me to say, give me like an hour before I let you know. And even if they just take bits and pieces, eventually you will find yourself gravitating to more areas of your chart and really resonating with more areas of your chart, maybe without 
you know, the understanding that, you know, Pluto was transiting through this gate at whatever time. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, you know, I don't think every single person really needs to know that. I think if every person understood their basic mechanics, which was their type authority and a strategy, their strategy, and maybe even their profile of like maybe six months into the experiment, I not only do I think, but I know because I've seen it and witnessed it with my team, so much transformation will occur in your workplace uh, simply, simply because there is like an unequivocal percentage less of judgment <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you, and you understand, okay, this person operates differently. And now I know how to engage with that person in a way that's going to effectively get the result that I'm looking for. Kind of like with like the disc assessment, for example, when you know that someone is a disc or is it Colby or like someone's a fact finder and someone is an investigator and someone is, you know, the problem solver. You kind of learn how to work and ask the questions in a way that's going to get them, you know, to the, in the direction that you need them to go. Absolutely. And I, I think the thing that's really interesting for me is, you know, if it does anything, I guarantee that it's going to prompt some discussion. And, and that will open up some channels of communication that typically wouldn't be open, especially not in a, in a professional environment, right? You know, as you're thinking about team dynamics and, um, you know, and, and I think, I don't know, for, from my perspective, it's, it's almost like, you know, even just having a facilitated conversation about how people are designed could open up some really healthy dialogue about how they can best work together. So with that being said, I'm sure we're just starting to scratch the surface here and we're going to start talking about, you know, Mercury being in retrograde or something like that. I don't, I don't know, I, right um, <laughs> whatever. So where can our listeners find out more about their individual bu- blueprint, human design, and, and kind of uh, just, just dig into this a little bit more? So cool. Okay. So you can look up your design on mybodygraph.com and that would show you your free body graph, which is great and gives some really um, short, but careful and important insights. <laughs> it's always good to start there. If you want a little to learn a little bit more, you can find me on the mission recruit website. So missionrecruit.com and order an analysis um, through our website there. And I'll, you know, I'll, I will, I do it individually. I do it for each person. It's about, um, 16 to 18 pages. And, uh, if you, that that's a PDF version of it. And then if you want to have a one-on-one with me, we also offer that through the mission or through website as well. Absolutely. And we will have all that information in the show notes. Um, you know, it's just, I, I just really appreciate the, the perspective and the, the opportunity to to talk to somebody who's who's got expertise in something that I've really never explored before. So, thank you so much, Kasha, for for spending the the last few minutes with us and helping us unpack human design a little bit more. Sure, thank you so much for having me. It's, it was a blast. Same here. Thank you, and thank you for letting me, you know, like selfishly uh, dig into <laughs> this because I was just so curious. So, thanks. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. All right, that does it for the Rebel HR Podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy, or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed.
during the filming of this podcast. Baby.